This is The Top, where I interview entrepreneurs who are number one or number two in their industry in terms of revenue or customer base. You'll learn how much revenue they're making, what their marketing funnel looks like, and how many customers they have. I'm now at $20,000 per talk. Five and six million. He is hell-bent on global domination. We just broke our 100,000 unit soul mark. And I'm your host, Nathan Latka. Okay, Top Tribe, this week's winner of the 100 bucks is Dustin Goodwin. He's in the HR industry, specifically in the software as a service space, looking to increase his revenue. So congratulations, Dustin. For your guys' chance to win 100 bucks every Monday on the show to build your idea, simply subscribe to the podcast on iTunes now, and then text the word Nathan to 33444. Again, text the word Nathan to 33444. Today's episode is 323 and bright and early tomorrow morning, Top Tribe, you will hear from Isla Seven, the CEO of Datanize, who shares his $6 million revenue number. Top Tribe, good morning. Our guest this morning is Kenny Hawk. He's the CEO of Emojio. He previously led five companies as CEO, including iGo, a company Kenny founded while at Stanford, and he took public in 1999. iGo has sold over 1 billion power devices since inception. Kenny holds a Bachelor of Science degree in Electrical Engineering from the University of Michigan and an MBA from Stanford University, where he enjoys guest lecturing at the Engineering School's Entrepreneur Program. Kenny, are you ready to take us to the top? I am, absolutely. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning to you. First things first, we can't just skip over kind of your, it sounds like your first success. Maybe there was one before it, but was, uh, was the company iGo, was that your first kind of CEO gig? That was my first CEO gig. I actually wrote the business plan while at uh, graduate school at Stanford and started the business, uh, you know, literally in my dorm room uh, before I graduated. And, uh, and we just solved a very simple problem, uh, finding uh, power adapters for all the different mobile devices out there. OEMs would uh, discontinue those devices pretty soon after production uh, ended. And then people would get stuck with an expensive device and no way to power it. So. We uh, did a very simple business and executed it well and grew like crazy. Then went public in 99. So yeah, tell me more about this. So I'm on, the website is igo.com, correct? Yeah, we sold the business uh, several years ago, but yeah, the business was all about universal charging adapters for mobile devices. And we had a couple patents on that. And um, basically we sold to consumers, we sold to OEMs, and we also th- sold to a large uh, you know, Fortune 500 companies. So hold on, let me back up for a second. You took it public and then you sold your personal stake in the public company or you yeah. sold it and then they took it public? No, actually, we uh, we started in 93, uh, bootstrapped it. Um, I had an angel investor that was an incredible mentor and really just helped us get the business going. A couple of years later, raised venture money, um, including money from Tim Draper's dad, Bill Draper, and then uh, went public in 99. What did you raise, by the way, what did you raise before you went public? Uh, we raised less than ten million before we went public. Okay, that's great. Yeah, we had we had Tim on back in ep- obviously the son of the, the gentleman you raised from, but we had Tim on back in episode one twenty nine, and it was a really great episode. So you raised ten million from from Draper's folks, and then uh, and then went public, and you said ninety nine. Well, from Bill from Bill Draper and other VCs, um, including Redpoint, and then we went public in ninety nine. And then right after we went public, uh, you know, we were, you know, young, aggressive. We ended up acquiring three companies in nine months, you know, bit off more than we can chew. Uh, we eventually digested that. And then a couple of years later, we actually got acquired by another OEM supplier. 
So it was a, you know, it was an incredible run for you know, my first startup to go all the way from a blank piece of paper in a class all the way through IPO, acquiring other companies, and then us ourselves getting acquired. And again, starting year was 1993, you said, right? Starting 93, yeah. And then in 97, um, you know, we were, you know, preparing to go public. Uh, costs in recruiting were really difficult in Silicon Valley. Uh, our CFO made a suggestion to move to Nevada, um, to northern Nevada, where it was, you know, everyone could afford to buy a home instead of rent an apartment. Uh, no, uh, you know, personal income, t- personal income tax in the state and a uh, really friendly business climate. So we decided to uh, pick up and move from Silicon Valley to northern Nevada. We were one of the first tech companies to move there. And we ended up having uh, 31 out of 33 employees move with us. It was just an incredible experience. Well, that is. And I can't help but look past the date, which is 1999. So you were either on the good side of that or the bad side of that when you went public. I'm going <laughs> to guess because you're here now and you seem chipper and you look young, you were on the good side of that. <laughs> Thank you. We were on the good side of that. And uh, but yeah, it was it was uh, you know incredible time. It's incredible time to go public. We went public the same week as uh, Martha Stewart and World Wrestling Federation. And when we were pitching uh, on a roadshow to Fidelity, we actually were in the same waiting room with Martha Stewart and her giant crew, uh, the the uh, McMahon's in the World Wrestling Federation, including somebody dressed up in costume, and then my CFO and I and our banker. So. It was you know, quite the memorable experience. So what was market cap on day one? What, what was the top point? Um, the, t- the, the peak of market cap was just under a billion. Okay. And when you guys sold, you said you were acquired by another company. What was market cap when they acquired you? It was much lower than that, but it was a private transaction. Um, well, was it... Po- I mean, the market cap must have been public bef- right before you guys public. did it. Yeah, yeah. We were, so we were below 100 million by the time we got acquired. So yeah, it's just know, so fascinating how fast things can change like that. It is. And, you know, it was a great lesson in, you know, when to hold, when to fold. And, and, uh, you know, you think about, you know, a company with, you know, less than a hundred million in revenue, having a, uh, close to a billion dollar valuation, you know, it was definitely crazy times. What was revenue in 99? Uh, we were were approaching 80 million. Okay. And, you know, it was interesting. I was, uh, one of the few that were saying, you know, we, we should be focusing on profits. You know, I grew up in Detroit, uh, first of all, my relatives to go to college, we're, we're, you know, spending far too much, uh, in, you know, growth at all costs. And, um, one of my investors actually said, you know, you just, you just don't get it. It's all about growth. Don't worry about profits. And she actually wrote a chapter in her book about me. And luckily by the time the book got published, it was clear that I was correct. And, uh, I was one of the few sane, uh, sane voices there. So before we, I want to spend more time on obviously Mojio, but I want to just pull a few more lessons out of this real quick. So 80 million in revenue, in 1999. Uh, what were, I mean, you guys were selling physical products. What was your gross margin typically on those products? We were in, the, we were actually high, higher gross margin than a typical hardware company. We were in the, um, you know, high thirties to forties, depending on the product line. Okay. And then <laughs> net margin. I imagine you guys were burning cash like crazy if you raised 10 million. Well, we were profitable our first three years in business. Uh, we only switched to unprofitable when our VCs uh, said, you know, let's let's really go for it. You got a great business here. Let's grow it even faster and we'll worry about turning it profitable later. So we were profitable our first couple of years. And then we went slightly uh, unprofitable as we grew. You know, we turned up the, uh, the growth engine. And to get to the 80 million in revenue in 1999 to go public. Yeah, yeah, roughly 80 million run rate by then. Yeah. So who, when this kind of thing happens, and obviously the market cap shrinks by 10 times, right? D- down to 100 million. Who loses, mo- who makes money in this situation? Who, and who loses money? Like, I, 
Like, were you locked up? Was your stock locked up when you went public so you couldn't take advantage of the billion dollar market cap personally? Or you know, you know, great question. You uh, you know, as a founding as a founding team, you are locked up. Um, it depends six months, twelve months, depending on uh, the banker. Um, I was locked up. Um, I did not sell. You know, I was a believer in the business, and I was really focused on growing the business. Um, you know, my early investor, original angel, uh, made a huge return on his investment. And uh, he was able to sell on day one. Yeah, he was not locked up. He was not part of the management team. Um, you know, a lot of the other early investors, same thing. Um, and, you know, depending on when you sold, you know, you could have, uh, you know, made uh, you know, 100x, 50x, uh, 10x your money, depending on when you got in and when you got out. Of course, you know, last ones in were the ones that, uh, you know, uh, did not do well. Uh, and that was very typical of the, you know, dot com boom days yep. where. You know, people came in at the last minute and then, uh, you know, assumed everything was going to double and triple. And when it went down, uh, you know, a lot of people, uh, you know, did, did uh, lose their investments. Yes, yeah, so. so true or false. I mean, you did fine. In, I mean, if the thing sold for a hundred million, you did fine in this deal, right? Yeah. I mean, it was, it was, you know, I would have been great if I sold at the peak, um, you know, I would have been worth a couple hundred million, but, uh, you know, I didn't, yeah, but I, let's like, let's put a staple on this. You made more than $10 million on this easy. I, I'm not going to disclose that, but I did well. And, uh, you know, I grew up in Detroit without much. So, you know, I'm not, uh, I'm not the, one of those big spenders. So okay. I didn't spend, I didn't spend like I was worth a couple hundred million. You know, I had good friends that had, um, you know, gone public, actually exercised their options to pay the tax on the lower tax basis, uh, saw their value go all the way up and then down to zero. And they'd already paid tax on a phantom gain and, you know, were bankrupt, lost their houses. So, I was thankful that I wasn't in that situation. Wait, explain um, that again, Kenny. I didn't follow that. Sure, sure. You know, back in the uh, you know in the late '90s, uh, people were exercising their options, paying the tax on that theoretical gain, and then by the time they were actually able to get liquid, uh, their stock was worthless. Oh, so, so the exercise price is. Hold on, real quick. The exercise price when you're public is 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 ac- the actual price that the, the stock is that day. Is that accurate? You can you can exercise um, and pay a tax on the gain at that time, and the thought that was going on in those periods was stocks were going up, you know, two, three, five, ten x. So pay tax on the two x, don't pay tax on the ten x. So oh. they exercise, and then by the time they actually were able to cash out, the stock was worthless. What's the so time they, delay there between those two events? You know, in some cases, it was less than a year. Wow. So people that had paid tax in one year, and I'm talking, you know, big numbers, um, and then the following year, their stock was worthless, and so, you don't get that tax money back. The tax man does not give it's you a gone. <laughs> yep. Well, this is an uncomfortable question, but I think it's an important one. The people that lost the most money on this, really, is the public market, right? That that jo- that got the, the market cap up to a billion, right? Because they were the last money in. Yeah, and it's a you know it's a mix of uh, you know large institutions uh, that made the wrong wrong bet, uh, pensions or, and you know, things like that. Yeah, you know, and also individual individual users, consumers that got into the market thinking it was an easy way to make money, and yep. you know a lot of companies uh, you know went from you know went down by uh, 90% during that time frame in two thousand two thousand one. So yeah, very painful okay. time. Okay, so okay. let's go into Mojo. When did you launch that business? So Mojo was launched four years ago in Vancouver, British Columbia, and we're backed by Deutsche Telekom, which is just a great strategic investor, and Amazon, along with a couple of VCs. And I took over as CEO six months ago. So I was brought in as the uh, second CEO. Okay. And how, how, how much had already been raised? Uh, 10 million. Okay. 10 million uh, from those folks that you just mentioned. You took oh, It was launched in 2012. You just took over here uh, late 2015. 
Correct. I took over in the fall of 2015 and I've been busy building out my team. Uh, we've landed a couple large uh, contracts, including um, a rollout contract with Deutsche Telekom in Europe. And uh, we just recently launched a, uh, or excuse me, landed a contract with a North American carrier. And what we do is we provide a connected car platform up in the cloud to connect the existing cars that are not connected uh, to connect them to the internet. So consumers can know where their car is. They can track their teen drivers. Um, if you're sharing a car, you can each know where the car is at any given time. And you also um, can get very, you know, very significant discounts on car insurance by having this device uh, in your vehicle. And at the end of this year, you actually will have LTE Wi-Fi in your car by adding um, a device on our platform. Is so what? There's a, I mean, this market is obviously super hot. You could make an argument that Uber potentially gets into this space because everyone's going to have a smartphone in their car that's connected. Your counter to that might be, well, people might not have internet. I mean, what are you most worried about? Well, before I get the most worried about, you know, if you have a, your cell phone in your car, that's great. Uh, but when you're not in your car, your cell phone's not in your car. So if you want to know if your car has been bumped, somebody just smashed it while you're parked, if it's been towed or stolen, um, you like to know about that. If you want to track your teen driver, you can't do that with your cell phone. You need oh, the I see. device in the vehicle. Uh, the second thing is our device connects in through the onboard diagnostic port, that secret little port that's underneath your steering wheel. Uh -huh. We get all kinds of information out of your vehicle that normally is hidden from you. And so when there is something wrong with your vehicle, you know exactly what it is and you'll know how much you should pay for it. So you don't walk into a repair shop uh, unprepared. So imagine, you know, going in with a check engine light, please help me. I have no idea what's wrong with my car. Or imagine going into a repair shop. Um, I see that my catalytic converter needs replacing, and that should be about $600 here in Santa Clara, California. Would you like to do the repair for 600 or less? It puts the power into the consumer's hands. And how do you guys, so is this the only way you make money on the $99 selling actual hardware? Or do you have backend channel relationships with some data providers? So uh, we're back, as I mentioned, backed by Deutsche Telekom, and we um, work on a revenue share basis. So typically our operators charge a monthly fee. Uh, they usually sub will subsidize the device, and then we just take a share in the ongoing monthly fee. And then we store the data up in the cloud in a secure environment. We store it there forever, and consumers can decide whether they want to share that data or keep it private. And you can imagine um, for people that are willing to share their data, uh, they can get really significant discounts on tires, gas, repairs, insurance. Um, and long term, you know, talking, you know, in a few years, you'll have uh, the autonomous cars out there on the road. The challenge is, what do you do with all the dumb cars that are not autonomous? And uh, we'll be participating in, in that ecosystem as well to at least know where these uh, quote dumb cars are and how the driver behaves. So imagine you're an autonomous uh, vehicle heading down the highway and you're coming up on a non-autonomous vehicle. Wouldn't it be nice to know that's a, that's a brand new teen driver that drives pretty erratically versus a uh, very safe and consistent driver that doesn't uh, you know, change lanes every 10 seconds. So that kind of information will eventually be up there in the, uh, in the network. And how did you, so give us a sense of business health currently. What's the team size? So we're uh, under 30 uh, full-time, uh, okay. split between uh, the beautiful Vancouver, British Columbia, amazing city, and uh, Palo Alto. And we're growing, we have uh, several openings, uh, currently hiring. 
And we have you know quite a big group uh, inside Deutsche Telekom that's helping us on the uh, operator side, integration and, and rollouts. So how many units of these have you guys sold? How many are installed? You know, we're private, so we're not disclosing that. But you can imagine with a you know. Well, oh, come on, come on, Kenny, give uh, us a range. I can't, I can't say. But you, you, know, you, you, you could have no sales, and then this interview is worthless to everybody. <laughs> well, give uh, us a range, a big range. It's really vague. So I'll give you a big range. You know, we'll we'll be in the uh, you know millions of units within the next two to three years, based okay. on the rollouts we have visibility on. Okay, that's helpful. Good. That see that gives you credibility. Now, now people are going to actually listen and execute listening to this versus going that guy could have had no sales. He he, got, he he pulled the wool over Nathan's eyes. Okay, no problem, Nathan. All right, thanks, man. Okay, so thirty team size, millions of units in the next in the next few years, ten million raised. You just came, why'd you why did you come in as CEO? You already had a lot of success. Why not start your own thing? What convinced you to come in as CEO? You know, great question. You know, I've, I've uh, you know built you know after I go, I built a GPS chip business in Lugano, Switzerland, one of the most beautiful places in the world. Uh, eventually, got acquired by Qualcomm. Did a uh, wireless active antenna array uh, startup in Germany, backed by Excel Partners. Um, then I did a couple turnarounds, and you know, I I grew up in Detroit. I love cars. I spent my whole career in wireless related businesses, and I had done a couple angel investments up in Vancouver, and you know, really fell in love with the city. And so when I was approached uh, by the uh, Mojo team, a couple of things stood out. One, it, it was clear it's going to be a hot market. Um, two, it combines cars and wireless, two things I love. And then three, uh, two of the investors involved, um, I knew and, and really respected. Uh, one of them is uh, Robert Simon from BDC. I've known him uh, personally for the last 15 years. And then the other is Deutsche Telekom. Uh, they'd given me a term sheet when I was building my company in Germany. And even though we decided not to take on a strategic investor, they helped us without a single euro investment in the company. And they, I mean, I'm talking really actively helped us. And I said, if I ever did another uh, venture back startup, I'd love to have Deutsche Telekom involved. And, and they have been a phenomenal partner. You know, as a startup working with uh, big carriers, you know, it could be really challenging and having a, a strategic investor that really is, you know, helping you through that process and, you know, investing a lot of resources beyond their financial investment. Yep. Um, yep. It's just, it's just awesome. Well, Kenny, before we get into my favorite part of the show, if people want to connect with you personally and follow your journey online, where can they do that? So you can do it on the Mojo website. Mojio.com. Is that right? Or is it Mojio.io? It's M-O-J, M-O-J dot Great. Great. And we will link, Kenny, we'll confirm that link to it in the show notes at NathanLatka.com forward slash the top three, two, three. Now, do you blog or put out content anywhere online? You know, our company does and I contribute to that. Okay. But, uh, you know, I'm a fairly private person and, uh, you know, raising uh, young kids. I uh, keep a lower profile online. How many little guys and gals do you have? So I've got three daughters and uh, finally have a son. Ooh. Uh, to be about to turn one next month. Uh, oh, hey, that's exciting. Congratulations. Very I'm good. Sure. Well, and, hey. it is, and it is moj.io. Okay, Top Tribe, do not forget your chance to win a hundred bucks right here on the podcast every Monday. It's very simple. You just subscribe to the show on iTunes. And then once you've done that, text me to prove that you've done it. My number is 703-431-2709. Subscribe now and text me to enter. 703-431-2709. 
Okay, Top Tribe, I have to tell you, many people go, Nathan, and you came out of nowhere. Your website's growing so fast. How'd you do it? The answer is simple. So I use HostGator. I don't know if you guys know that, but I use HostGator. And the reason I do, they have like about 4,500 free templates I can use because I don't code. They've got a great e-commerce plugin. And guys, I bug the heck out of their support. They've got 24-7 support, which I love. So what I've done is I've worked with them. You guys know I make great deals. If you go to HostGator.com forward slash Nathan, you can sign Sign up, get your own domain for 30% off and a 45-day money-back guarantee. Okay, again, I make great deals for you guys. Go to HostGator.com forward slash Nathan to grab that now. Great. Perfect. Perfect. Well, hey, let's jump into my favorite part of the show, Kenny. My heart always pounds at this. It really is the best, I think. It's rapid-fire questions. It has a title. Do you know what it's called? No, go for it. Kenny, it's time for the Famous Five. Are you ready? Go for it. Number one, what's your favorite business book? Built to last. Jim uh, Collins. Yep. 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 Good one. Number two, is there a C? I climbed half tone with him and had to read the book after that. (laughs) That's a good reason to have to do it, right? Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying right now? You know, I've been following Ellison and the battle in the cloud. And uh, I have to say he's a controversial guy, but uh, I really like the way he's moving his business to the cloud. And number three, is there, and you're talking about Larry Ellison of Oracle, right? Yes. Yep. Number three is their favorite online tool you have, like Evernote. I love Evernote. Use it daily. <laughs> okay, great. Number four, you've got four little ones. One of them is a month old. Yes or no? Are you getting eight hours of sleep every night? My little one is eleven months old. Oh, eleven months. Sorry. Eleven months, and uh, I I do get a reasonable amount of sleep. But do you, do you uh, hit eight? No. No. Okay. Like, you know, five, five or six a night, and. Uh, I played rugby for 15 years and I stay active and for some reason I don't need much sleep. That's good. And give us a sense real quick, just for context, how old are you now? Uh, I am 52. 52. Okay. Take us back 32 years, Kenny. What do you wish your 20 year old self knew? The people you pick uh, in life and on your teams are the most important decision. Even more important than your strategy, more important than which technology you pick. It's the team that you build around you. That includes personal, you know, who you marry, um, your friends, and uh, in business, the team members on on your team. A great team member could make or break you, and a uh, poor choice can can really uh, you know be a cancer within a company. So I wish I learned that earlier on, and uh, I very much focus on it now. I, I I I only do projects where the people I work with, I enjoy, and, uh, you know, you can count on them and are going to be all rowing in the same direction. So alignment, picking the right team. Top tribe. There you have it. Get with the right people early as fast as you can from Kenny, who took his company public. I go uh, back in 1999, hit a billion dollar market cap before being acquired when the cap was closer to about $100 million, now jumped into Mojio, where they've raised $10 million from some very well-known VCs, on track to have several million units in circulation over the next two to three years as they grow the business. Kenny, thank you for taking us to the top. My pleasure, Nathan. Have a great day. If you enjoyed today's episode, go back and listen to yesterday's episode, where we break down how to get paid eight grand per month for a blog post. Top Tribe, I love giving away free money. I feel like Oprah giving away cars, and I have something special for you today. 
How many of you have heard our super sharp guests talk about success they've had with Facebook and Google ads? Well, all of you listening right now, yes, if you're listening, you get $100 in free AdWords. Here's how you get it, okay? Again, thanks for listening. Get the free $100 from Google, right, when you sign up with my website host provider, HostGator. Go sign up now to get your free money. HostGator.com forward slash Nathan. Again, that's HostGator.com forward slash Nathan. Okay, Top Tribe, I'll see you bright and early tomorrow morning. And don't forget, before you listen to any other episodes, subscribe on iTunes right now for your chance to win 100 bucks every Monday.